0: You're listening to the Lifetree Church Sermon of the Week. We pray that as you hear this word, you would be encouraged and inspired as you pursue Jesus in your everyday life. Now this this uh, scripture that he just brought to us has within it arguably the most famous verse in the Bible. Does anybody know which verse that is? John 3.16. Can somebody quote it for us? There it is. John 3.16. There's not a lot of verses that I could just like go, hey, what's that one? And have everybody recite it just like we did. I could go, hey, what's Luke 3.16? And you guys, you guys, you know, you wouldn't be able to say it right away. Uh, It's just this well-known verse, and we're going to look at that verse this morning. But before we do, I want us to 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 get a sense of the context. And John just beautifully pulled us into it. So many ways. I'm not going to spend too much time on that. But uh, and we're not going to read from the whole thing. But if you want to look at the text, it's John three verse one all the way to twenty one is what I want to bring us into today. Parts of what John brought us were later in the story in John as well, in John 7, John 19, um, other glimpses into Nicodemus that we get. And I want us to just look into this section of Scripture uh, and just point out three things, okay? The surprise, the scope, and the send, okay? Okay? And the surprise being the first thing, that, that's the thing that when I look at this text, when I hear what John brought to us, I can feel the surprise of Nicodemus in this moment. Have you ever been surprised by something, you know? Maybe you're surprised by an invitation. Have you ever been surpri- surprised to be invited to an event? Or surprised you weren't invited? <laughs> Or maybe you're surprised they were invited, or you're surprised they weren't invited. And we can actually see—I saw this—I saw this, this online—all uh, sorts of opinions about royal events. There was surprise over who was invited to this royal wedding and who wasn't invited to this royal wedding, or you know, leave it up to Donald Trump, he was really surprised that some of the royal family were invited to Charles' coronation. There's all this interest and all this gossip around who is invited and who's not invited to these events, and there's something interesting about this idea that these royal events stir up this surprise in the community. And with that in mind, I want us to just Consider for a second the topic at hand in Nicodemus and Jesus' conversation. Jesus opens up in response to Nicodemus' first statement telling him that you can't see the kingdom unless you're born again. Now here you have this idea, okay? I want to just give us a little bit of understanding. When we we see this term, the kingdom of God, often in the Gospels, and what you need to realize is that in Jesus' day, the kingdom of God was something that his community was talking about. It was something they were waiting for, longing for, believing for. They had a lot of emphasis in his time and place on uh, the book of Daniel, which spoke about the kingdom of God. And they were believing that there's this time coming when God is going to bring his kingdom and he's going to save and redeem the people of Israel. He's going to make things right for Israel. He's going to bring justice. And they were waiting for it. And a guy like Nicodemus, the text tells us who he is. He's a Pharisee. He's part of the ruling council, right? He's this teacher. He's this... This very well-known guy in the community and the Pharisees, they were a group of people who believed that the reason the kingdom of God wasn't here yet and coming yet was because of all of our breaking the rules. And if we could just follow the rules right as a community, then maybe, then maybe God would come. And do what we were hoping for. And so here he is, and he, as John was showing us so beautifully, is devoting his life with this group of people to, 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 to have a revival of rule following in Israel. Believing that through their rule keeping, they could usher in the kingdom of God. And Jesus comes to him and says, unless you're born again, you can't even see the kingdom. You won't enter the kingdom. You must be born again. And we're not going to spend a lot of time on on looking at what born again means because there's so much here in it, but you can actually translate those same words into born from above. It's another way it can be understood, and you can see that as you look more at the text. But the idea is this, is that to be born again, in a sense, means everything you've known, everything, Nicodemus, that you've built your life on, This religious rule following, this being on the inside, very elite, among your peers, among the Pharisees, you're going to have to leave it behind. It's a fresh start. In other words, what he's saying to Nicodemus is, your ethnicity isn't going to get you into the kingdom of God. Your social status isn't going to get you into the kingdom of God. Your religious rule following isn't going to bring you in. And Nicodemus is left surprised. All my hard work to, to build up this resume before God of rule keeping isn't what was needed or what was required. It reminds me of some some words from Paul. I'll just allude to it for anybody who actually jots down notes. Philippians 3, you see Paul talk about the same thing where he realizes that everything that his former life was built upon was irrelevant in his relationship to God. But not only does Jesus surprise Nicodemus with this statement that you, the elite insider, need a fresh start, What's also surprising is in the famous text that we quoted at the beginning. And it's these words. For God so loved. Who? If, if, If Jesus had said to Nicodemus that night, for God so loved Israel, Nicodemus wouldn't have been surprised probably. For God so loved the Pharisees, Nicodemus would be like, yeah, he better, you know, (laughs) like, it's like, no, for God so loved the world. That's why I said, you know, I want to talk about the scope. Jesus came and he enlarged the scope of of what, who God's heart was aimed at. At least he he didn't, he didn't enlarge the scope of God's heart. He enlarged our paradigm about the scope of God's love. whole world we can see this throughout scripture there's this sense that the mission of God is ever expansive there's hints of it even in all the way at the very foundational verses for the nation of Israel when God comes to Abraham he says that I'm going to bless you I'm going to bless your family why so that you bless the nations the world And it's again and again in the text that God's heart is not just for this one inside group. And it's interesting that the very next story of Jesus after this Nicodemus encounter, you got some stuff about John the Baptist that follows it. But the next story that centers on something with Jesus is one we looked at earlier in the summer. It's his encounter with the Samaritan woman at the well. It it goes from him talking to the religious elite insider saying, God so loved the world, and the next story, he is loving up on the people that Israel definitely thought should have been condemned. Should have nothing to do with the kingdom of God. So let's read it in its fullness. John 3.16 and John 3.17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Why was he not sent? Well, let me say that better. He was sent. What was he not sent to do? To condemn, but to save. Here's what I want, want us to catch as a church. Anytime that you find in your heart this tendency to categorize and condemn the world, people, you're out of alignment with God and with, his, with King Jesus. And we looked, we looked at this last week when we looked at Jesus and the adulterous woman brought before him, right? And he says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And that whole story. Our heart is to be a heart that yearns for salvation of people. For their healing, for their wholeness. Now, are there ideologies and ideas and behaviors that we are to not agree with, that we are to condemn? Absolutely. But it's never to venture into the realm of condemning people. God's heart is to save. The job of condemnation and judgment and all that sort of stuff is not ours. Everybody will stand before the throne. And God will be the one who who issues the verdict. God's love is for the whole world. Not to condemn, but to save. And I just want to highlight this. It's like, I think you guys can see this. The way of the world, especially in our day, is categorize and condemn. Find a category to put them in and then write them off. If it's not my category, right? And there's this unique spirit that we are called as Jesus following people to, to carry about in the world. That is not categorizing and condemning. It's seeking to save. Seeking wholeness. Seeking healing. Which comes to the last part I wanted us to see in the text. is How did God express this great love for the world? He gave and he sent his son. He didn't just send a text, make a phone call, write a letter, send some money. He sent a person. He went as himself into the world. He didn't just put up a sign that said, everyone welcome. We like to do that as the church and figure that's enough. But he went to seek and save that which was lost. Not passive welcome, active seeking. There is this idea that you will hear about if you ever go to a theology class and it's Missio Dei, and it's this idea that God is a missionary. And it is rooted in this text that we're looking at today. God sent his son. God went as himself. Leaving the comfort and the glory of heaven to walk among us, to be among us, to draw near. Not to condemn, but to save. And and here's the thing, guys, is for us as people made in the image of God, we flourish when we're aligned to him and his nature. There's actually something in you that's designed to seek out those in need of salvation, those in need of healing, those in need of of, of the, the, the work and the power of God's kingdom in their life. And the whole reason we've been going through this series this summer on Jesus' engagement and interaction with outsiders is because of a burden. It's a burden that we would be a people and a church not known for categorizing and condemning the world. But that we would be a people and a church known for seeking welcoming, inviting. And the invitation is simple. It's like that of the Samaritan woman that we looked at weeks ago. Come and see. Come and see this man, Jesus. Come and see. Come and hear. It's like we caught from Nicodemus' heart that John portrayed to us, just this desire. Come and meet him. Come and hear. I wrote down everything so you wouldn't miss a thing, so it'd be clear. That's the call. And the other burden I would have for us, guys, is that we would not be a people who are afraid of the defilement that can come. Because we saw this again and again in the stories this summer. When Jesus touched the leper, what happened? When Jesus touched the unclean woman with the issue of blood, what happened? When Jesus went to the sinful Nicod- uh, Zacchaeus, the tax collector's house, what happened? Jesus wasn't corrupted by his greed and walked, you know, Nicodemus was transformed. And we see again and again that that Jesus is not defiled by sickness and sin. Rather, sickness and sin get cleansed in the presence of Jesus, in the presence of the king. And we as his church carry that same spirit and our world needs a people filled with that spirit actively engaging with the world. With the people who don't yet know. And So as we've been doing this summer, we've been closing with some discussion. But what I wanted us to do today is I wanted us to just take a minute and close with what we call listening prayer. So it's just going to be a, a moment, a minute of just asking God some questions and believing that he might actually have something to show us, something to speak into our heart. So we're going to put some questions up there and then I'm going to give you guys just a a minute to listen. And the questions are, how might God want to expand your heart? Who might God want to send you to intentionally seek? And so we're going to just take a minute. I'm going to ask you guys, you can As we do this, you just close your eyes, take a deep breath, exhale slow, open your heart to Jesus. And if this is totally new to you, it's it's really simple. He may may show you a picture. He may impress on you a name. He, He may speak to you in all sorts of different ways. So we ask you, Jesus, how might you want to expand our hearts? And who might you want to send us to intentionally seek? I realize that in a moment like this, for some of you, it might be distracting to be in a room full of people trying to listen. If that's you, you can take a picture and go to the Lord with those questions later. For some of you, maybe you're you're getting a sense. You're seeing someone. You're hearing something. Or maybe it's not right here in this moment, maybe it's throughout the summer as we've been going through this series. God's been putting on your heart and on your mind a particular person or a particular group of people. Or a particular place where you find yourself often. But with that in mind, with just having, listened, I do want us to take five minutes. This is a long discussion today. But I want you to just turn your chairs in, find three or four people around you, and I want you guys just to share amongst one another. Who who did God put on your mind, or what were you sensing? We're going to give five minutes to it, and then I'm going to let you guys go, okay? So if you guys go ahead and get yourself in groups. Hey, guys, I said we were going keep it, to keep it down to about a five minute here today, and uh, there may be some of you who do need to go and have places to be, and so... I'm your voice of salvation and rescue here in this moment. <laughs> but you guys can keep talking, Kay, if you want to. But I'm just gonna I'm gonna pray for us, okay? So Father, we thank you. We thank you for the massive scope of your love for the world. We thank you for the way you continue to surprise people when you displayed it through Jesus and the people he reached out to, the people he engaged with. And I ask that you would send us with that same spirit. And God, we ask for creative wisdom and strategies as people talk here this morning about the, the who and the how and all that sort of stuff um, in response to the questions. I ask for strategies to, to make it real, to make it practical. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Lifetree Church Sermon of the Week. At Lifetree, we are a family all about declaring and displaying Jesus to transform lives and benefit our city. If you'd like to find out more about Lifetree, you can find us online at lifetree.ca.